energy collectors and other artefacts. The Hubble Space Telescope's successors, with huge gossamer-thin mirrors assembled under zero gravity, will further expand our vision of stars, galaxies, and the wider cosmos. It is robots, and not humans, that will build giant artefacts in space and explore the outer planets. Moreover, these robots won't be humanoid in size and shape. Humans are adapted to the Earth's environment. Something more spider-like would be better suited to the weaker gravity of Pluto or the asteroids. But what role will humans play? There's no denying that NASA's curiosity, now trundling across Martian craters, may miss startling discoveries that no human geologist could overlook. But machine learning is advancing fast, as is sensor technology, whereas the cost gap between manned and unmanned missions remains huge. The practical need for manned spaceflight gets ever weaker with each advance made in robots and miniaturization. Nonetheless, I hope that some people now living will walk on Mars, as an adventure and as a step towards the stars. But NASA will confront political obstacles in achieving this goal within budget. The American public is risk-averse. The shuttle's two catastrophic accidents, out of nearly 140 launches, were national traumas in the US. Each led to a three-year stalling of the program as near-futile attempts were made to ensure even greater safety. The US public regarded a 2% risk as unacceptable. That's why I think the best future for NASA is to share expertise and collaborate with outfits like SpaceX and Blue Origin. Indeed, to let the private sector front the missions. These private ventures can tolerate higher risks than a Western government could impose on publicly funded civilians. They can thereby cut costs compared to NASA or the ESA. There would, nonetheless, be many volunteers accepting high risks and perhaps even one-way tickets, driven by the same motives as early explorers, mountaineers and the like. These opportunities should be promoted as adventures or extreme sports, The phrase space tourism should be avoided. It lulls people into unrealistic confidence. By 2100, courageous pioneers in the mould of, say, Felix Baumgartner, who broke the sound barrier in free fall from a high-altitude balloon, or Sir Ranulph Fiennes, who, among many feats, dragged a sledge to the South Pole in the Antarctic winter, may have established bases independent from the Earth, on Mars, or maybe on asteroids. Elon Musk, aged 45, says he wants to die on Mars, but not on impact. Development of self-sustaining communities remote from the Earth would also ensure that advanced life would survive, even if the worst conceivable catastrophe befell our planet. But don't expect mass emigration from Earth. Nowhere offers an environment even as clement as the Antarctic or the top of Everest. It's a dangerous delusion to think that space offers an escape from Earth's problems. There's no planet B. Indeed, space is an inherently hostile environment to which humans are ill-adapted. For that reason, even though we may wish to regulate genetic and cyborg technology on Earth, we should surely wish the space pioneers good luck in using all such techniques to adapt to different atmospheres, different G-forces, and so forth. This might be the first step towards divergence into a new species, the beginning of the post-human era.
To find an environment as clement as our Earth, we need to look far beyond the solar system, to the exoplanets orbiting other stars. But the transit time to other stars, using known technology, exceeds a human lifetime. And it will remain so even if futuristic forms of propulsion can be developed and deployed, involving nuclear power, matter-antimatter annihilation, or pressure from giant laser beams. Interstellar travel, except for unmanned probes, DNA samples and so on, is therefore an enterprise for post-humans. They could be organic creatures, or cyborgs, which had won the battle with death, or perfected the techniques of hibernation or suspended animation. A journey lasting thousands of years is a doddle if you are near immortal and are not constrained to a human lifespan. There must be chemical and metabolic limits to the size and processing power of wet, organic brains. Maybe we're close to these already.